Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun. And I'm getting nervous. I will explain why I'm getting nervous about 2022 and 2024 in just a second. We have a show tonight. We have a guest coming on an hour and a half from now. And he's going to tell a story. It might take him a couple segments about a miscarriage of justice that is going to make your jaw drop. It's not a story you've ever heard before, but I would buckle up for that story about an hour and a half from now. We have another I told you so, an ugly one coming. We have Peloton's founder facing staff anger. And it's it's I, I don't know why I just enjoyed this story. It's going to be a blast of a night on the Jesse Kelly show. But first, Chris, out of respect, before we get before we get to me being nervous about 2022 and I told you so and all that other stuff, just out of respect, please play the commander in chief. I'm worried about families and elderly grandparents and what their lives are at stake. Everyone, everyone, everyone is a little harder. So, you know, so mom can, grandmom can walk out without having, uh, out of her porch without worrying about falling, can take care of herself, can be left alone. They're going to keep working to pay the bills. (laughs) Thanks, Joe. (laughs) Gosh, that's so embarrassing. All right, quit. Don't get me distracted right now. I do want to talk about something. Let's, let's have a talk. You know how we talk about the hive mind when it comes to communists? We've had this talk before about how it really does help to think about them like robots. They are robots who have been programmed with specific software. That's why anytime you've ever gotten in any kind of a verbal altercation with communists, whether it be in real life or on social media, they will always, always, always respond with one of three things. One, insult. You say something like, I think this bill spends too much money. Okay, Nazi. And you're thinking, um, what did that have to do? We were talking about the bill. Or they'll change the subject. You say, I think this bill spends too much money. They say, oh, but you didn't complain when Trump said. Or they'll just flat out lie. This bill cuts money. Blatant lies. That they only respond with one of those three things because you're not really dealing with thinking people. You're dealing with a hive mind. They go to the hive mind. They get programmed with how to respond just like a computer, just like a robot would. If X happens, then say Y. If X happens, then say B. That's how their minds work. That's what you're dealing with. That puts them at tremendous disadvantages And tremendous advantages. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. The disadvantage to that is, I mean, you're not dealing with a thinking human being. Think how many people out there are still wearing two masks. They're on their fourth booster shot and can't wait to their fifth. You're not dealing with a human being that is able to think because they've they've been they've learned not to think. They're they're programmed. They'll go back to the hive mind when they need to learn how to think about whatever comes up next. That's a disadvantage. But the communist in America does have a huge advantage over you, a huge advantage over me. They do. Their message is almost always unified and consistent because they all get it from the same place, right? I mean, how consistent could I make sure the message a uh, 100 people would carry out there if I was the one who gave it to them? 
no, 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 you hundred people, you're not allowed. No, you don't. You don't come up with your own thoughts and whatnot. You come to me. I will tell you exactly what to say whenever someone says something, and go and boom, you'd have that consistent message. That's what we deal with when it comes to the communists. Here's what I'm getting at. I woke up today, started browsing through the news, and I started noticing something. I noticed something very, very interesting, and it's not accidental, and it makes me nervous. You remember how I've been saying I'm nervous about 2022 and 2024, and the reason I'm nervous is all the polls look terrible for Democrats, every single one of them. It couldn't possibly look any worse. Historically, this looks like we might be on the cusp of the biggest election bloodbath ever. It's that bad. That makes me nervous because at this point in time, the system is so rotted and dishonest and corrupt, I just don't feel like there's any chance they're just going to sit back and go, ah, you know, oh, well, we tried. Look, we tried. We, we, this election didn't work out. Let's just let them have it for a while. There's just no chance they're going to think like that. These people don't think in those terms. They're going to come up with a plan. And so I woke up this morning, and in the span of five minutes, I saw four different things that all tie together, and they make me very, very nervous. First, the San Francisco mayor. Her name is London Breed. I'm not going to play her audio. I have too much other stuff. Yes, I'm, yeah, I know. That's her name. I know. I know. The San Francisco mayor gets up and gives a tough-on-crime speech? What? What? This this is a card-carrying communist who's never cared about it since. Nancy Pelosi, she gave a press conference today. Nancy Pelosi gets up and says this. Fact is that there is an attitude of uh, uh, lawlessness in our country that springs from I don't know where. Maybe you do. Hey, Nancy, I like smoking Marlboros now and then myself. But anyway, setting that aside... Nancy Pelosi speaking out against crime. We've had this crime wave for a year and a half. People dying, record homicides, not a word. And all of a sudden today, Nancy Pelosi speaking out against crime. So, okay, that was two things, right? I saw London Breed. I saw Nancy Pelosi speak out against crime. I thought, okay, that's certainly interesting. And then I saw two other things. And this was what really perked my ears up. The second, the third thing I saw was Chuck Schumer, leader of the Senate, Chuck Schumer, signaled that he's going to shelve the Build Back Better plan until next year. Now, remember, selling Build Back Better, this gigantic Democrat spending plan, selling that has been mission number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten for the Democratic Party for months. Months they've been out there messaging this thing, trying to sell it, trying to, hey, it won't add a second to the, it won't add a penny to the deficit. This thing's going to help families. Doesn't everybody want an electric car? It's been message after message after message after message, and then boom, today. Oh, hey, you know what? We're, ah, we're putting that aside. We'll wait until next year. Okay, so now we have three things. Two people speaking out against street crime. One guy saying the number one legislative priority of Democrats is being shelved. Now I'm getting nervous. Now Democrats are making sense, and it's making me nervous. And that's when I saw the coup de grace. 
You know what the new focus is going to be, and now I'm seeing it consistently on communist outlet after communist outlet after communist outlet. You see, there's going to be a new Democrat focus on voting rights. Now it's getting clear, isn't it? Now it's, is that picture starting to get a little clearer for you? Again, these people don't just give back power without fighting tooth and nail. And remember, we're not dealing with human beings in the truest sense of the word. These are the anti-humans. These are people with no moral founding at all. That's why communists have murdered violently well over 100 million people in such a short time span. It's only been around 100 years, and there's just masses of dead bodies out there. The reason is there is nothing that holds them back. There is nothing you would present to them that they could do that they would pull back and say, oh, that doesn't seem right. That's not the right thing to do. That's how you think. Occasionally, now and then, that's even how I think. They don't think in those terms. In the span of just a few hours, Democrats spoke out against street crime. They tabled their massive spending bill, and they introduced an entirely new directive for the party. And what is that directive? Voting rights. Now, let's just unpack for a moment what that must mean. Everybody knows how to vote in America. It's the easiest thing in the world. Everyone knows how to vote. Rich people, poor people, black people, white people, Latinos, Indians. It doesn't matter who you are. Every single person knows how to vote. Good point, Chris. Dead people know. They've been voting for years. Everyone knows how to vote. Okay, so voting rights. What's the angle here? What are they talking about when it comes to things like Voting rights. Why this new focus? I mean, it sure sounds nice, doesn't it, Jesse? That's uh, Everyone should have the right to vote. They shouldn't, but we're not going to go into that yet. Everyone should have the right to vote. Jesse, what's your problem with that? I think there's something people haven't quite thought of yet, and I'll tell you what that is in just a second. But let's talk about your financial security for a second. No, I'm, I'm not selling you stocks and bonds. Don't worry about that. What about gold? Look, I, 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 I can't keep beating you over the face with these inflation numbers. I'm not going to tell you where we are. You know where we are. You get gas. You buy groceries. You're well aware of where we are. I'm not going to insult you telling you that. The problem is where we're going. And these people aren't even indicating any kind of a shift away from the policies that are burying us right now. That, 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 that's destroying the value of your dollar and my dollar. Call Oxford Gold Group and get gold delivered to your front door. Call Oxford Gold Group. Tell them Jesse told you to call. They will deliver gold to your front door. Not a piece of paper saying they have gold somewhere. Call Oxford Gold Group, 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. Jesse Kelly show and yeah, I'll end up taking some calls tonight, 877-377-4373. If you'd like to email the show, you can, your love, your hate, your death threats, your questions for Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, which is right around the corner, jesse at jessekellyshow.com.
Back to what we were just talking about. We had San Francisco Mayor London Breed coming out today and criticizing crime. Say, I mean, it was it was a harsh speech too, criticizing crime. Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, of all people, gets up today and rips on crime. The fact is that there is an attitude of uh, uh, lawlessness in our country that springs from I don't know where. Maybe you do. Nancy Pelosi speaking about lawlessness? She's been asked several times about the rampant crime in cities like San Francisco, New York, Chicago, Philadelphia. She's been asked a million times about those things, never had a thing to say about it. In fact, pretty much defended it. When she was asked last year about these looters tearing down statues, she said, and I quote, I don't care about statues. That was verbatim. That's what she said. Now she seems to care. Also, Chuck Schumer announces he's pretty much shelving Build Back Better till next year. And then we get the answer. The new Democrat focus is, quote, voting rights. And this is now, it's going across every single organization they control, which is pretty much all of them. Even some left-wing, quote, veterans organization called Vote Vets is out there today saying, vets need voting rights. Do I need to inform everyone that non-citizens can already vote in New York's municipal elections? You see where I'm going with this? The Democrats need a 2022 plan. They're not going to sit back and just get wiped out at the ballot box. They don't think that way. They're going to try to pass amnesty. They're either going to try to pass amnesty or... They're simply going to make it so illegal immigrants can vote in a crooked way. Now, let's remember something. Let's rewind to the 2020 to the 2020 election. Everyone knows something took place in that election. Something took place. Remember, the most dangerous, deranged, nut job, tinfoil on his head conspiracy theorist in the United States of America today. He's the guy who says things like, there wasn't any election fraud. Buddy, have you ever talked to somebody from New York City? I mean, you know what? I don't even want to actually just single out New York right now. You ever talk to anyone from any big city? Someone who's worked elections? Election fraud? Weird things going on with the election? Double counting ballots from areas you like? It's not some abnormality. Oh, I can't believe it happened. It's the norm. It's the norm. It's built in. It's, 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 it's just how it's always been done. And these gigantic Democrat-run cities like New York. It's not always blatant, not always out in the open, but anyone who actually knows about elections knows it's always there. And then, in last election, because of uh, coronavirus, they decided they were going to go for this massive Mail-in mail-in voting. Remember, even so many of the weak idiot losers on the GOP signed up for that. You know, it is it is dangerous out there. Coronavirus is dangerous. We should def- yeah, everyone should get to mail-in vote. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Joe Biden gets 81 million votes, more votes than any president in the history of mankind. And remember, 
You don't have to be internet conspiracy theorists to say something weird went on. We've had audits go on in places like Arizona. You can go online and look at the videos. It's all laid out for you quite clearly. I'm not, I'm not talking about some weird online chat room with some guy in Coke bottle glasses and tinfoil on his head. This is laid out. Official audits have been done. Something happened. Now, how much? I don't know. You don't know. We'll never know. It looked really bad. Maybe it was a little. Maybe it was a lot. But something happened. And then, this is what gets me about, especially the losers on the right who say there was no election fraud. Immediately after Joe Biden wins, what did the Democrats start pushing? Almost immediately. Do you remember what it was? H.R. 1. Giving the federal government control of virtually all elections and... Universal mail-in voting for everyone. Isn't that funny? During an election where we had a bunch of mail-in voting and there were all kinds of accusations of voter fraud and Joe Biden won, during that election, it looked like some really weird things happened and Democrats won. And then immediately after that election, Democrats looked at that election and thought, Oh, that worked out pretty well. Why don't we do that again? Do you see what I'm worried about now for 2022? But I do need to caution. I need to caution you about this. And I've seen this a lot on the right. And we've got to put a stop to it. And we've got to put a stop to it right now. I better never hear this. Elections don't matter. I'm not voting anymore. Garbage again. I better never hear that Ever again, you can believe elections are fraudulent. You can believe Democrats are cheating. You can even believe there's a good chance your vote doesn't matter. But if you're going to do the elections don't matter, I'm staying home thing again, like everyone did in Georgia, which costs us two Senate seats. We're already finished. The country's already done. You can believe both things. Democrats cheated elections. They cheat now more than they've ever cheated before. But also, you had better get your butt out there and vote. But I am worried about 2022. I am. I'm worried because it looks so good. I mean, anybody with two brain cells to run together to rub together can look at the election landscape right now and say to themselves, "Wow." Democrats are in very, very, very deep trouble. They're, I don't see how they can recover from that. This is crazy. I, we still have to be vigilant about the cheating. Republicans across the country had better get vigilant about the cheating in 2022. Let's hope for once the national GOP has some kind of a plan to get some poll watchers out there on our side. All right, I made yet another prediction. Looks like it's going to be right. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Don't forget, if you missed any part of the show, the whole thing is on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, you need to leave a five-star rating and then leave a review talking about 
how handsome I am. Why? Because it makes me laugh. I think it's hysterical. I think it's hilarious. There are over 1,400 ratings so far, and almost all of them talk about my looks. The first one, the first one, if you go there right now, says, I would. (laughs) The second one says, all hail Jesse. At first, listen, I wasn't sure it was for me. But 10 minutes in, I realized this dreamy patriot was making more sense than the disgusting media narrative being spoon-fed to us everywhere. And that's not even taking into account the chiseled good looks of the tall drink of water that is the host, Jesse Kelly himself. (laughs) Honestly, there's like 1,400 of these, and it makes me laugh something fierce. I know it shouldn't make me laugh, but it does. All right, I have to get back to my prediction here in a second, but first... Chris, out of respect, out of respect, would you please once again play the commander-in-chief? I'm worried about families and elderly grandparents and what their lives are at stake. Everyone, everyone, everyone is a little harder. So, you know, so mom can, grandmom can walk out without having, out of her porch without worrying about falling, can take care of herself, can be left alone. They're going to keep working to pay the bills. <laughs> what was it? What was the thing about grandma and everyone's everyone's falling and I don't know. <laughs> oh gosh. All right, before I get to my prediction, I have to get to it. I have to, I have to, do have to address a couple of things here real quick. Hey Jesse, first generation American. I know you always say let's not resort to violence, but I think I'm at my breaking point. I don't know where to begin to help get back the country I once knew. I'm overwhelmed with idiotic rhetoric I hear on a constant basis. My parents and sisters are oppressed Democrats, lost cause. I've given up on trying to get them to see the light. I'm at my boiling point with politics. I feel like we need to stand up and fight now. Otherwise, we are doomed. This is not the first email I've gotten like this. I need you to hear me for a second, okay? I know how mad you are. I feel it all the time, too. I know as you watch these people tear through the country you love on purpose, I understand the feelings that that, that go inside of you. I do. I do. I have the exact same ones. Let me tell you something. Peaceful. Always peaceful. If the time ever comes, and I pray it never comes, if the time ever comes in this country where you shouldn't be peaceful anymore, you're going to know it, okay? You're going to know it. Peaceful at all times. I know you're frustrated about your parents, your sisters, what you see on the news. I get it. I get it all the way. Be peaceful. Now, that doesn't mean... Live and let live. That doesn't mean just sit back and relax. Peaceful protest can be very, very aggressive and should be very, very aggressive. We should be marching in the streets. We should be boycotting businesses, perhaps perhaps gathering in front of businesses. We should become more active, getting on school boards, getting on city councils, doing these things. Calm down. Also, hear me out. This helps me because I've had, the reason I'm reading this, I'm not dogging on you, Ben. I've been there. Hear me out. Take a day off. 
not not from work or anything like that. Take a day off from politics. And actually, I'm not just speaking to him. I'm speaking to everybody. And I realize this is exactly the opposite of the kind of thing a radio host should say. Turn my show off for a day if, if it's stressing you out. I try not to do that. I understand I get upset sometimes. I try to make your day better, not worse. But if you're getting too stressed out, turn the radio off. I'll be here when you get back. Take a day or two and get away. Go fishing somewhere. Go to a batting cage. Go play video games. Read a book. Watch a documentary. Have a glass of bourbon. Whatever you do, whatever you do, get away. Put your phone down. Put it in the drawer at home. Go for a walk in a park, in a, wa- a walk in nature. I'm not trying to be self-help guy here. I'm telling you, you're a human being. These are difficult times right now. Difficult times for people who love the country. Walk away. Come back. We need you in the fight. I didn't say walk away permanently. We need you in the fight. Take a day off. Take a week off. If you have to, get away from it. I promise. I promise you the fight will be here when you get back. I guarantee it will be. We're going to be here. Remember this. Remember. I don't say this to bring you down. I actually say this to try to bring you some level of peace. You, you're never going to see final victory over the communists in the United States of America. It's taken them a hundred years of slowly marching through our institutions to get to this point of power. Even if we started getting wins now, You'll be dead and gone, no matter how old you are. For the kids listening, for the old people listening, no matter how old you are, you'll be dead and gone by the time final victory gets here. I don't say that to stress you out. I say that to bring you peace. Put that out of your mind. You have Mount Everest to climb, and you're standing at the base of it. Stop with this got to get to the summit talk. We've got to stop them talk. It's one step at a time, one step at a time, learn to do this. And this has helped me learn to do this, learn to embrace the struggle, learn to enjoy the daily fight, learn to enjoy it. When you get your nose bloodied every now and then politically learn to wade into the struggle, the struggle's not going anywhere. And look, I'll get this. I'll get this a lot from People frustrated in big cities. I get this all the time, actually, from New York. I get it all the time. Jesse, what are we going to do? Eric Adams sucks. De Blasio sucks. Jesse, what can we do? It's, I love New York. I, how do we get it back? Hear me out. You're a long, long, long way from getting it back. A long way. Maybe, quote, getting it back. Maybe getting it back is something you should keep out of your mind right now. Maybe getting it back means winning a school board election. Maybe getting it back means moving to a suburb and making sure you fortify that. You know, you know. It, look, if you're listening to me right now in the state of New York, one-fourth of the counties in the state of New York, they've chosen not to follow Hochul's mask mandate. That's awesome. Get there. Go run for sheriff. 
Go get involved. You can get involved in ways that will make you feel productive and feel like you're winning in important ways without sitting back. You're sitting there in your apartment saying to yourself, we're screwed. It's over. I want to hurt somebody. No. Calm down. Calm down and learn to embrace the struggle. The struggle is all we have. That's all we have now. That's all we'll ever have. I'm not saying it, again, to bring you down. I'm saying it to bring you peace. You don't get to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You don't ever get to get there. Hopefully, your kids will or your kids' kids will. But it is important that we put in the work now. And look, like any other job, sometimes you need a day off. You're feeling that way right now. Go take a day off, all right? Oh, I got an idea for you. On your day off, stop sending money to mobile companies who hate your freaking guts. When I started looking at the ads that were being run at a corporate level by these major wireless companies, I honestly, I felt ashamed. I, I've, I've been a customer of Verizon before. I've been a customer of AT&T. I've been a customer of T-Mobile. That filth they're putting out there, I helped pay for it. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm putting, I'm trying to put my money where my morals are now. When I tell you to switch to Pure Talk, it's actually not because the average family saves $800 a year, although that's wonderful. It's actually not because they have iPhone 12s for sale right now in the Christmas season for $479. I say it because they love the country and they don't dump on my values. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month, plus you save on a new phone if you want one. That's pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. Some restrictions apply. Call for details. I've got an animal inside of me. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. The Jesse Kelly Show. Uh, quick question. Obviously, legendary song. He sounds happy about free falling. I mean, I, I realize. Look, I understand Tom Petty did a lot of drugs. A lot of drugs. We're probably asking for a lot for that to make sense here. He really sounds quite pleased with something that's generally not good. Not good. At, you know what? We're gonna let it go. We're gonna. You know what, Chris? We've been hearing a lot of Joe Biden this show. And I'm not, look, if, if you think I'm going to play that one cut where Biden sounds stupid over and over again, you have another thing coming. And if, let's let's play something different. Let's give him a fair shake here. Conversations around those kitchen tables that are both profound as they are ordinary. How do I cross a bridge in a snowstorm? What happened? No, I'm, I, think about it. You know, you're in a situation, what happens if the bridge collapses and there's a fire on the other side? It's going to take 10 miles longer to get to the fire. People can die. I mean, this is real. This is real stuff. <laughs> All right, I've got to stop. I've got to stop. i got to do a show, and I'm, now I'm laughing so hard I'm crying. Don't forget, my TV show's on the first tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time. I've got Morgan Zeggers on the show tonight, a young anti-communist. Don't You see, you see we're not just one show of anti-communists here. We want anti-communism to spread. And before I get to my prediction and whatnot, remember this. Anti-communism is now all that matters. All that matters. There is nothing else that matters on the right. 
877-377-4373 is the number, by the way. When I say that, this is what I mean. Wherever you fall on the right, traditional conservative, neoconservative, nationalist, libertarian, wherever you fall on the right, it doesn't matter anymore. We now have an advanced, weaponized version of communism infiltrating every single American pillar in this society. We unite now to defeat the communists, and once the communists are defeated, then we will unpack where we end up. But unless they're defeated, none of the rest of it matters. We're arguing where to put the chairs on the Titanic as it eases under the water. It's all pointless. Anti-communism is all that matters, and I mean all that matters. All right, back to my prediction. I'm going to make it really quick. I've been telling everybody about, everyone knows about New York City, and their new mayor is Eric Adams. Bill de Blasio is the biggest piece of trash in the United States of America, always has been. His parents were full-blown Sandinista communists. He has followed in their footsteps and ruined the greatest city in this country, and his new his replacement's Eric Adams. And everyone has been trying to talk themselves into why Eric Adams is going to be better than Bill de Blasio. Eric Adams appointed a new NYPD commissioner. And today, as they were doing a press conference to swear her in, um, they did the press conference in front of a gigantic mural with a bunch of Black Panthers and Black Liberation Army people on it who've murdered cops. What's happened in this country is hard for old school Democrats to accept. Honestly, this is this is this is the the two big groups in this country we need to grab and wake up are these. Older Republicans who are used to politics being, I mean, look, it's a little what they want, a little what we want. Look, it's all going to even out in the end. It's that's it. Look, it'll be fair. It's no one's going to get hurt here. Those Republicans, weapons grade naive. They do not understand where we have moved. They don't understand how radical the party is now. And older Democrats who just don't know, just don't know. We've played for you the clips of JFK on the show before, and I do that uh, one. I always kind of liked JFK. I think that war hero stuff's cool. I realized there were some personal problems. I, I get that. But, dude, ship went down, dragged a guy to shore with his mouth, had back problems the rest of his life in World War II. I admire that. I think that's cool. I always liked it. But that's not why. We play these clips of JFK because he sounds like a man who loves the United States of America. I call upon Chairman Khrushchev to haul and eliminate this clandestine, reckless, and provocative threat to world peace and the stable relations between our two nations. That's how they used to talk. That's how they used to talk. That's how Democrats used to talk. I mean, you forget about it. I may actually dig something up for you, and it's not as if I'm a big fan of him, but Bill Clinton used to talk like that. And no, I don't like Bill Clinton. But it wasn't long ago where Democrats talked like people who took pride in this nation and were people who took pride in this nation. And the 60, 70-year-old Democrat who's used to voting Democrat their whole life, honestly, a lot of those people simply don't know. They don't have 
any idea what they're voting for now. Do you see that swimmer? The Penn swimmer? The dude who lopped his Johnson off and he calls himself a woman now? And he's shattering NCAA records. There are video, there's video of it out there now where you can watch the latest meet. And of course he's a dude, so obviously he's better at sports. And he's just trashing, he's just crushing all those women. Now, obviously, that's detestable, but that old school Democrat doesn't know that's what they vote for. That's what they vote for. And I will say as a side note, obviously women's sports are terrible to watch. That is awful when you think about how hard those women worked to get to the to get to college. To get to college on a full ride scholarship for swimming. Women's sports may be awful. It's still impressive. It's still cool when they do it. It's still good for women. They got to college, all that work competing, and now some dude just goes in, whoop, uses the old cigar snipper, and now He's dominating women. That's what that old school Democrat's voting for, and they have no idea we've got to wake them up. But anyway, back to my prediction. I told you Eric Adams was going to be a nutball, didn't I? I told you. All right. I will take some calls tonight. 877-377-4373. Somebody has written in, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. He thinks I'm censored. Well, he's challenging me on being censored. He thinks I won't talk about something on the air. Oh, we're about to talk about it. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show and don't forget about 25 minutes from now. I'm so excited for this one. I, I I'm worried it may take a little longer than a segment because I don't want to rush him through it. We have someone coming on the show and he's going to tell the story about the most disgusting miscarriage of justice you've ever heard in your entire life where a completely innocent person ended up behind bars. And I'm not just talking about the January 6th guys. Actually, this is, this is a separate incident altogether. So that's about 25 minutes from now. Hang on for that one. Some guy wrote in and he said, so I was listening to the show on Tuesday. That was last night. In case you missed it, you can download it on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Anyway, he said, I couldn't help but notice you were a little more, let's say, angry than normal. (laughs) You were hungry, weren't you? I was listening and I said to myself, Jesse must not have ate before the show. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> it's scary how well you know me by now. And let me clarify something. Because the show's on in the evening, it's a different eating schedule for me. So sometimes, sometimes I haven't eaten before the show or I'll have eaten you know, a few hours before the show, which is fine. Until about an hour into the show, and then I can actually feel it. What's wild is you wrote you wrote in, I can actually feel it during the show if the darkness starts to wash over me, but I'm so into it. At that point in time, I get so angry, I just wade into it. And then last night, there were a couple things to get upset about anyway. All right. Now, let's address this. Remember, you can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse, you always talk about how you can say anything on your show without fear of censure. I want to test you on that. As a first-generation American and American patriot, I want you to tell your audience how communism finally fell in Romania not long ago. Spicy. Says I can say his name. His name is Antonio in San Diego. 
Well, that's not difficult. There was a massive violent riot, and they took their dictator and his wife, and they shot him. Well, they executed both of them. I don't understand why you would look. I, when have I ever? When have I ever denied the things it's taken to defeat entrenched communism around the world? I've I've done whole history segments on Pinochet and the Caravan of Death in Chile. I've done entire. I've done in huge history segments on it. Chris, don't be jealous because I know how to say Chile and you still say Chile like some ugly American. Sorry, buddy. Ha <laughs> blah a little bit. Anyway. I've done entire history stories on that. I don't shy away from what it's taken throughout history. I've done them on Francisco Franco in Spain before. I know. I I understand very well what what anti-communism ends up looking like if communism gets too entrenched in a nation. Part of the reason I'm so passionate about stopping this madness is because I don't want that here. I don't want that here. I mean, these people, these people are the worst people on the planet. Here's Vice President Dome. We must make it clear. Democrats stand for workers' rights. We stand for women's rights. And we believe that the right of a woman to make a decision about her own body is non-negotiable. <laughs> Democrats stand for voting rights. And we are fighting, and we will continue to fight, to pass the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. We stand for dreamers. We stand for farm workers. We stand for our LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters. We stand for people with disabilities. We stand for our children and the planet they will inherit. <laughs> LGBTQ plus. I love, I love how they can never seem to get a handle on it. Because it just seems to be a new insanity every day. I love, I love when the Q got added, and everyone looked around and said, "Wait, what? The Q? Oh, they're just questioning things." <laughs> Gosh, what a bunch of nutballs! That type of person can never be allowed to take power. But we're not there yet. I've never shied away from the history, the ugliness out there of the history. You're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna try to shock me from saying anything like that. That's never going to work here. I understand the stakes of what we're dealing with. I do. I mean, do you realize Adam Schiff of California? They just released a bunch of text messages between Mark Meadows and various Fox News personalities and Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan. Adam Schiff, a sitting congressman on the House Intelligence Committee, he doctored the texts and then released them. That, that's a crime. These people are the worst people on the planet. I know that. I'll tell you something else. We were talking a little bit earlier. I was addressing that guy who was getting burnt out and wanted to do something crazy and whatnot. But let's, let's also understand, we are, we are into something that is very, very important. You know, I, I have grown up watching sports. I, I, I love watching sports. I don't watch much of it anymore because professional sports is all Black Lives Matter filth and I will not support people who hate my country now. But I, I've always loved watching sports. And that said, I don't think I could ever see myself doing any kind of media for a living that was sports related. You know, you know I do five hours of media every day now. I do. My TV show on the first TV comes on right after this every single night too. So it's radio, TV, all that stuff. Imagine trying to do four or five hours of sports media every day. 
not that I don't love sports. I love sports. Imagine showing up every day and trying to pretend, you know, three interceptions and a loss is critically important every single day. And that's not me dogging on sports. If you're into sports, good for you. I love it. I love sports. Uh, to be totally honest with you, if I'm being frank, I miss watching the NFL. I miss it. I miss it a lot. I loved it. Loved it forever, but I won't support that trash. What you're passionate about, being passionate about the direction of this country, being passionate about politics, being passionate about making sure these terrible people don't take power, and being passionate about making sure the right people do take power, that's really important. You're into something. What you're into matters. It matters a lot. Listen to these people. Listen to Nancy Pelosi when she's asked about insider trading. Remember, congressman after congressman after congressman, Republican and Democrat, have made fortunes while they're in office with some really funny-looking trades right before a bill passes. Listen to Pelosi today. Um, Madam Speaker, uh, Insider just completed a five-month investigation finding that 49 members of Congress and 182 senior congressional staffers have violated the Stock Act, um, the Insider Trading Law. I'm wondering if you have any reaction to that. And secondly, should members of Congress and their spouses be banned from trading individual stocks while serving in Congress? No, I don't know to the second one. Um, any, uh, we have a responsibility to report in the stock on the stock, but I don't, I'm not familiar with that five-month review, but if uh, people aren't reporting, they should be. Because this is a free market and people, we are a free market economy, they should be able to participate in that. In case you didn't understand the question, and in case you didn't understand Grandma Vodka, she was asked about insider trading. Congressional insider training. These people routinely, they know about information you don't know about because the government has their fingers in way too many pies in this economy. So they know when there's going to be a rule, an executive order, a bill passed that's going to massively affect a stock here up or down. They act on it. Then it passes. Oh, you get wiped out. Oh, I take it on the chin. Somehow. They never seem to experience those losses. Somehow, on a salary of $165,000 a year, even though I realize that's real money, somehow on a salary of $165,000 a year, over 80% of the senators in this country are millionaires. Hmm. That is funny how that works out, isn't it? 877-377-4373. Oh, I, I forgot to mention, Joe Biden finally decided to make his way down to Kentucky and check out the tornado damage, and it went about as well as you thought it was going to go. And they said, the way you all come together, the way people just come out of nowhere to help as a community. And uh, that's, uh, that's, that's America's supposed to be. There's no uh, red tornadoes or blue tornadoes. There's no red states or blue states when this stuff starts to happen. And uh, I think... Uh, at least in my experience, uh, it either brings people together or really knocks them apart. Now, moving you together here. Oh, gosh. And, you know, on top of the rambling and the mumbling, we've, we brought it up a thousand times. Doesn't he always sound so tired? And, and again, it's not that I'm trying to be sympathetic to the guy. I hate Joe Biden. How does no one in his family step in and say, okay, he's done here? I mean, I just a tornado. I've, 
the red and red and blue ones. Uh, does somebody have my men of Usul? just it's just the worst. All right, I'll get to some phone calls and some emails next. 877-377-4373. Speaking of energy, you know you got to take care of yourself, right, fellas? No, I'm not actually worried about you personally, although I hope you are doing fine. I'm worried about my country. I know you're worried about yours. The United States of America, of America is going to cease to exist unless strong men step up and start leading this nation. When I partnered with Chalk, C-H-O-Q, one, it's because it's natural herbal supplements. I don't like putting a bunch of crap in my body. Two, it's because it's an American company. And three, it's because testosterone levels are at an all-time low. If we don't fix that, we're never going to fix anything in this country. I'll tell you the two I take. They have a bunch of great stuff, all natural stuff. But the two I take, I take Chalk Daily and I take the Tomcat 100. Tomcat 100 boosts free testosterone by 87% in just 21 days. Chalk Daily, 20% in total testosterone in clinical studies. Go to Chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com. Use the promo code JESSE and you get 50% off for a limited time only. Chalk.com, promo code JESSE. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. That does remind me, Chris just brought this up. Remember how my dad hates fun, right? And my dad, we used to go on these long hunting trips because it's in it's in Montana. In Montana, hunting trips can be really far away. It's the fourth biggest state. And we would go hunting, antelope hunting, pheasant hunting, whatever it may be, four or five hours away. My dad's not a really talkative person, but he also wouldn't let me play music. But he did have he did have two songs. He had two tapes. Remember, everything, everything was tapes back then, and they were both singles. One of them was Ramblin' Man that you just played there, and the other one was Freebird. And I remember my mom asking... Uh, don't you think that's a little weird? Do you want to go somewhere? <laughs> All right. You can call 877-377-4373 or jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Thomas in Idaho. Go, boss. It's not working. Anyway. Please don't read my name on the air. You made the sky is green point again yesterday. I agree. It's gaslighting. I just saw an interview, a video interview from many years ago where former KGB operative explains what you just said. Psychological uh, subversion. What he's talking about here is Yuri Bezmenov. And by the way, don't forget about seven minutes from now, we have this guy who's coming on the show and I'm going to let him take his time. I'm going to really let him take his time and tell this story about a horrible miscarriage of justice in this country. But let me set this up because I realize we have a bunch of new listeners. Yuri Bezmenov, he was KGB in the Soviet Union. He defected to the West. He defected to the West. And then he sat down and gave what I consider to be the most important interview I've ever seen in my entire life. The entire thing, shockingly, is still available on YouTube. You can go watch it. I think it's about an hour and 26 minutes long, if I remember. I haven't watched it in a little while. And so we pull clips out of it from time to time. And it's critical for Americans to understand what's happening here and why it's happening here. Remember, everything you're seeing right now 
it is communism. And what's wild is it was all brought here by the Soviet Union. They came here and took over the universities and the entertainment system and the media and things like that. They did that on purpose. They knew they could never defeat us militarily, contrary to what Americans believed at the time. They also thought if they worked at it, they could put communism everywhere in this country. And Yuri Bezmenov came over and basically said, this is from the year 1984. He came over and laid it out. This is what they did. Ideological subversion is, is the slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism. Pause real quick. Pause real quick. We're going to come back to that. Remember, that was 1984. At least three generations, he already said. Now, do the math on that. If a generation, as he says, is about 20 years, do the math on where we are. And here's part of what you have to understand now. We're now at the place, and he'll talk about this later on. Don't worry, I'm not going to let this up, but I'm going to play the whole thing even after I have to wait and play it after the interview. We're now at the place where Americans are teaching other Americans Soviet-style communism, and they don't even know it because they were taught by an American, and they were taught by an American, and people don't know it. And when he's talking about pumping it into the heads of your kids without it being counterbalanced, this is what he means, and it happens at a very early age. I don't have to sit your fifth grader down and tell them about the greatness of communism. I don't have to do that in order to turn your child into a communist. I do have to what's called prep prep the ground. What does that mean? I don't have to teach them to be communists yet. I just have to teach them to hate America. Once I get them hating America, they'll be much, much, much more open to other parts, to other ideologies. I don't have to teach your fifth grader about the greatness of Vladimir Lenin. I have to teach your fifth grader that America is only the slaughter of Native Americans and slavery and Jim Crow. All right, class, we're done. Well, by the time he graduates, he doesn't like this place at all. He's primed for a Marxist university to teach him to actually be a subversive against his own country. All right, I'll finally take a couple calls here. David in Oregon, go, boss. Oh, great, and have some Oracle. It's an honor to talk to you. But yes, I'm afraid you may not enjoy this because I called to tell you you're wrong. All right, fine. Fire away. That's fine with me. 
So I've, the mayor of Dundee, Oregon, been that for seven years, which makes me a politician. <laughs> and you say lots of bad things about me all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the worst one recently when you said politicians don't wake up in the morning and think about how they can give power back. I wake up every morning thinking about how do I give more power to the people? And I got to do this, Jesse. And uh, you're just talking bad about me. I'm not enjoying it. And I got to say, russisforus.com, russisforus. I have no problem with that phone call. I'm, I'm assuming that was just him pumping himself up and trying to plug a website, so I'm not worried about it. It's, it's a, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not the sensitive type. Lonnie in, Pen, in Tennessee, go. Hey, I just want to know what happened to the guy in Wisconsin that seemed to want to run over everybody. He disappeared off the map, and thank you very much for speaking about women in the military. How about that? Whatever happened to that guy? Daryl Brooks was his name. He was a racist black nationalist with Black Lives Matter all over his social media. After a media campaign calling the Rittenhouse verdict white supremacy, he got in an SUV and mowed down 60 white people on purpose in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and it's already out of the news. Funny how that works. All right, buckle up for a story of injustice that's going to make your jaw drop. Hang on. Back in the USSR. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I got wind of this guy's story, the story he was telling uh, last week. Reached out to him immediately, asked him to come on, because I, I, I think the whole country needs to hear about this miscarriage of justice. And I want to thank Clint. Uh, 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 I want to thank him joining me now. Um, first of all, Clint Elric, who's Ray Jennings? Ray Jennings is uh, an Iraq war veteran who spent 11 years in prison for a murder that he didn't commit due to uh, misconduct by by prosecutors and incompetence by the FBI. And I think it's a a story that should really terrify all Americans because we have a a hero who was convicted of murder with no witnesses, no physical evidence. uh, And now we have gangbangers who actually committed that murder who aren't being prosecuted. uh, and, And it's pretty disturbing, Jesse. All right, Clint, I, walk me through this from the beginning. We're, we're, we're going to give you all the time you need. I want people to hear what happened. Okay, that night, Ray Jennings, what's he doing? What happened? Who died? What happened that night? Sure. Ray Jennings, was, he was studying to be a, a U.S. Marshal, and he was moonlighting as an unarmed security guard in a, a park-and-ride lot in the Antelope Valley. And it was his second day on the job. He heard gunshots. Uh, he called uh, for the police to come, and a young woman by the name of Michelle O'Keefe, a beautiful 18-year-old aspiring actress, had been shot to death inside her Mustang uh, in the parking lot. Uh, and Ray made the mistake uh, of trying to help the police solve the crime. Uh, he, he told them what his theories were uh, about the murder, and they decided that he knew too much. Uh, and there was a, a rush to judgment where they, they decided he had to be the killer. Uh, and that's really what, what set all of this uh, in motion. He went and he was serving uh, in Iraq as a, as a sergeant, and he came back uh, on leave to visit his children, and he was pulled out of his vehicle uh, at gunpoint uh, and told that he was being charged with murder, and he spent 11 years uh, in prison uh, for that murder, all because he tried to help the police to solve that crime. Good grief. Clint, okay, so that is, that's such a leap. I mean, people think that's, that's something that only happens in the movies. Security guard calls the cops, has a couple ideas, 
gives it to them, and soon he's getting yanked out of the car at gunpoint. What what police department is this? Are we dealing with corruption, incompetence, a mixture of both? What tell me about the players in the game here? I'd say it was a, a mixture of both. This was the the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, but they, they brought in the FBI to help. And so the, the FBI dispatched its top criminal profiler, Mark Safrick, a guy who literally wrote the book on, on criminal profiling. If you look at the crime classification manual, this man is the co-author of that text. And so he should be the, the gold standard for criminal profiling. But they brought him in, and he worked backwards to come up with a theory to try to show that Ray was guilty, despite there being no evidence. And so I'd say that a big part of this story is that criminal profiling can be used to uh, as, as evidence where there is no evidence. And we've seen that in, in case after case. Uh, and this is just the, the latest example of how that, that pseudoscience uh, endangers uh, Americans. Uh, and uh, the FBI still uses it, and they use it in court. Uh, and I think it's, that's a, a, a real a travesty uh, that, that our nation needs to be aware about, because no one is safe as long as they can come in and there's no evidence, and they come up with these profiling theories and say, well, you seem like the type, uh, and you're guilty, and it shouldn't happen in America. Speaking with Clint Elric, he is a, an attorney who's telling the story of Ray Jennings. Okay, Clint, so Ray Jennings gets busted. I'm assuming he obviously he, well, he obviously went to trial, though. Uh, there doesn't sound like there should be any evidence there at all. And yet, again, I'm making some assumptions here. Correct me if I'm wrong about any of this. A jury convicted this man of murder? How? Why? Well, Jesse, he didn't just go to trial once. He went to trial three times. In the first trial... There was, a, there was a mistrial, nine to three. There were three jurors who wouldn't convict. So they tried him again. There was a second trial. It was 11 to one. There was one brave juror who refused to convict. And then finally, after those two hung juries, they moved the trial from downtown L.A. back to that small Antelope Valley community where the murder happened and where for many, many years there have been billboards and news articles uh, about the murder portraying Ray Jennings as a cold-blooded killer. And so he had no chance of getting a fair trial. Uh, and that was part of how he got railroaded because they, they played on that prejudice that existed in that small community, uh, and they, they used that to convict him really without evidence, just with the, the testimony of this FBI profile. And people need to be aware, if they're in a jury pool and they see profiling evidence being used as if it's real evidence, they should be suspicious. What type of guy is Ray? Let's stop right here before we get to prison and getting out and whatnot. What, what type of human being is this for real? You don't have to sugarcoat it. Is he a dirt ball? Is he a good guy? Well, who is he? You know, I'd say, Jesse, one of the most incredible things about this story is not just that I saved an innocent man, but that I saved this innocent man. Because Ray Jennings is an amazing human being. He's a great father to his five children. He's a, a man of faith. He gave his life to Jesus before he went over to serve uh, in Iraq. And I, I've never met anyone else who has the, the faith and the courage that Ray Jennings has. Uh, he's just an incredible human being. It's my honor to call him a friend. Speaking again with Clint Elric, and we can't thank you enough for what you've done on behalf of Ray Jennings in this miscarriage of justice. Okay, so they poison the jury pool. The man gets convicted on trial number three. He goes off to where? He, he goes off to, to prison at that point in the, in the California uh, prison system, and <sighs> he gets, gets moved around, and he ends up spending uh, 11 years uh, They're just rotting away with uh, with very little hope of uh, of ever getting out uh, until he was more than uh, he, he would have become eligible for parole after he was 70 years old. So his children knew that they were going to grow up without a father. And that oh. was really the biggest tragedy to me. God have mercy. OK, how did you get involved? How is he walking free now? What happened? You know, that's the most incredible part of all of this. Uh, I don't even watch television, but one night this 
this force just compelled me to go watch this old episode of Dateline NBC about the case. And Ray, at his sentencing, he turned to the family and he said that, uh, that he'd heard them talk about Christ and that Christ was his Lord and Savior and that this was one sin that he would not be judged for. When I heard him speak those words, Jesse, it was like a lightning bolt hit me, and I had to know, uh, did this man really commit this crime? Uh, and I... I started searching. I looked at the Court of Appeals opinion, uh, and the more that I researched it, the more that I realized, I think this guy's innocent. I think he's really innocent. Uh, and at the time, I was a law student. My father was a civil attorney. And so I went to my dad, and I said, Dad, I, I think there's an innocent Iraq War veteran in prison. Would you help me get him out? Uh, and it was a crazy idea because we'd never done any criminal law before. But we decided, you know what, we'll, we'll leave no stone unturned to help this man. Uh, and there was another miraculous thing. As soon as we got involved in the case, the L.A. County District Attorney's Office created a conviction review unit where they would go and review their cases to see uh, if men had been put in prison inappropriately. And this was the very first case that they agreed to, to take on through the, the courage of the head of that office, Ken Lynch. And he's really an, an unsung hero. Uh, in this. And so we were able to get the, the district attorney's office really in, in less than a year to go and stipulate in court that Ray was an innocent man and to have him released from prison. Okay, a couple things now. Where is Ray now? What's he doing? How's his family? Please tell me this man is churning and burning through life. You know, he, he's doing very well. You know, of course, it's difficult any time that you're away from your children mm -hmm. for 11 Ugh. years. You go in, some of them are small, you, you get out, and, uh, and they're older. But uh, Ray's doing, doing very well. He's, he's thriving. Uh, he's telling his story of, of faith and how uh, it got him through those incredibly uh, difficult times. Uh, and he's also telling people about his story in the criminal justice system and, uh, and trying to spread the word that we have a real problem with innocent people in America's prisons. Clint... Now, I'm worried this is the answer I'm going to hate because I've actually enjoyed how this story ended. I should have asked this one, but first, I guess, tell me about the accountability for the L.A. sheriffs, for the D.A. Tell me someone has been held accountable for taking away 11 years of a man's life with his wife and children. There, there's been zero accountability, Jesse. The, the prosecutor who was involved in this case, Michael Blake, is still prosecuting cases uh, for the L.A. Uh, District Attorney's uh, Office. Uh, and actually, we just we just found out recently this month that uh, they are not going to pursue charges against the, the gangbangers who uh, committed this murder. There's ballistics evidence. There's an earring that was stolen from the victim uh, that this gangbanger was arrested with. And so if they wanted to make this case against the real killer, they could. He's eligible for parole right now, and so they're endangering the community because they're, they're not willing to file charges because they know that if the truth comes out in court about how easily this murder could have been solved, if they'd looked at the, the obvious gangbanger suspects who were there, it'll be humiliating to the L.A. District Attorney's Office. And so they'd rather endanger the public than actually go after the real killer, and that's the scariest thing. Absolutely disgraceful. Clint Elric, God bless you, my brother. God bless what you've done. You, you've changed a life, lives, several lives. Thank you for what you've done. I appreciate you very much. Thanks so much for having me on, Jesse. I told you you'd want to stick around for that story, didn't I? 877-377-4373. We'll get to some more calls. We'll get to some emails. Uh, there's something going on with the Democratic Party. I'm going to talk about that, but first, let's talk about something good, huh? Talk about the fact that it's Christmas season and the original My Pillow, which was sixty nine ninety eight, is now on sale for nineteen dollars and ninety eight cents. Nineteen dollars and ninety eight cents. If you go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener specials, you can buy not just one of these. You can buy several. Remember, 
Christmas time is right around the corner. It is time now to give your loved one the gift of a good night's sleep. You spend a third of your life in bed. And, I mean, how much have we been talking about tonight being more purposeful with your money? My pillow fought for you and me in election integrity when no one else would. My pillow got themselves kicked out of big box stores because they wouldn't stop talking about election integrity. That's the kind of company you should support. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, use the promo code JESSE, enjoy the greatest pillow you'll ever buy. Or call 800-845-0544, promo code JESSE. You're listening to the Oracle. You're gonna love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I have a headline here for you. Fed doubles the pace of tapering, warms up to rate hikes in 2022 as inflationary pressures rise. Don't panic, but let's have a talk here. One, obviously it is a good thing, a very good thing they're going to pull back on all the money they were dumping into the economy. But the ins- in, 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 these rates, these rate hikes are going to break people. These interest rates are going to break people now. And the problem here, see, here's the problem we're running into. There are economic realities we can't avoid, or that we cannot avoid them. If you don't want the value of the dollar to continue to crater, which will mean you can't afford to buy things, then you pretty much inevitably have to raise interest rates. Now, you uh, depending on how old you are, you may not un- you may not know what 17% interest rates are like. 25% interest rates. Interest rates like like you can't afford anything. You can't afford to b- borrow money. We're approaching that point and we're approaching that point rapidly and I did have a thought about it. Obviously, they know they can't keep dumping in the money. Because you're not an idiot. You understand every time you go out and buy something now, your dollar doesn't seem to be going quite as far. You do get all that. And by the way, for everyone waiting, I'm going to get to the calls and I'm going to get back to more Yuri Bezmenov where we left off in a few. I haven't forgotten about that. Don't worry. But I did have a thought. And it's just a thought. What if because none of their plans have worked and they can't reverse any of their plans. Remember, their ideology won't let them reverse any of their plans. So they know things aren't going to get better between now and 2022. They're just not. There's nothing. It's not even in their power to make it better. They would have to stop being communists, and these people can't stop being communists. What if instead of making everything better, they decided to make everything worse? It would not be unheard of at all. If you feel like you're about to lose power, These people don't really have it inside of them to stop and step up and look in the mirror and say, oh, it's me. It's my fault. I can't. They don't have that inside of them. They just don't. But they also don't care about you. They don't care about the people. What if they decide to crank up the pain and try to just roll the dice on hopefully maybe causing so much pain, people just keep going back to the well. The human mind is a funny thing. You ever... You ever do any studying of hostages or people who are captive, like prisoners of war, POWs? I've done a little bit of it just because I'm a huge dork when it comes to that kind of stuff. 
And there is a fascinating dynamic that happens, especially with POWs, especially if they're mistreated. They can get to the point where they actually really, really like their captors and try to try to earn the approval of their captors. It's a very, very odd thing, but the human mind can be odd. Politicians have used that throughout history. What if instead of trying to make everything better, they're about to try to make everything even worse? Yikes, right? All right, I'm going to get back to Yuri Bezmenov, and then I'll take your calls, and we'll get some more stories here. Chris, can you pick up Yuri back where he uh, back where we left off with Yuri Bezmenov? Remember, he was talking about ideological subversion and how once we're educating kids in communism and it's not being counterbalanced by American ideas. That that what was that's what was happening back in 1984. Here's Yuri. American students, without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism. American patriotism. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Uh, for the last 25 years, actually it's overfulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it. How many people do you see out there walking around with masks on their children right now? How many people do you see out there right now in this country lining up for their fourth booster shot already? Third and fourth booster shot. How many people out there believe Donald Trump was a Russian agent? How many people out there believe Kyle Rittenhouse murdered two black guys in Wisconsin? He's not wrong. We have a demoralized country where people will believe anything the system sells them. It's part of the reason I bring up that sky is green theory all the time. It's not that I think it works on you. When I bring this up, I'll get a bunch of emails. I'm not mad about them. I get them where you'll write in and say, they'd never convince me the sky is green. I wouldn't care that Hollywood made a movie or, or the media got. No, I know you wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. I'm not worried about you. The people who have been programmed, though, programmed to believe whatever they're fed, they believe whatever they're fed. And let's, let's not forget something else. We played Nancy Pelosi earlier. I'm not going to play it again. It, it was terrible. And we played Kamala Harris earlier. And Kamala Harris said something about the John Lewis Act or John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Do you remember that thing about John Lewis? You know what? Maybe you don't remember that thing about John Lewis, but I remember that thing about John Lewis, and I remember it very, very well. And whenever I think about it, it steams me to no end. I'll tell you what I'm talking about in just a second. Then we'll take your calls, 877-377-4373. The 
with the SC Kelly Show. And I'm going to get back to your emails and phone calls in a second. Look at this one, though. Six unvaccinated protesters arrested after a sit-in at a New York cheesecake factory. Who'd have thought the revolution would start at Cheesecake Factory? And I'm a supporter. Look, I'm a supporter. I like a menu. Don't don't sneer at Cheesecake Factory, Chris. Is this because you think they've beaten you people in cheesecake? Okay, I'll admit cheesecake is way overrated. I generally don't like it anyway. I have actually had cheesecake, though, in the Carnegie Deli. Have you had cheesecake in the Carnegie Deli? No, you haven't. You know what, Chris? I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. If you don't know what basic things are, I don't want to talk to you at all. You know what? I'm not talking to Chris anymore. All right, back to the John Lewis thing before I get to phone calls and stuff like that. You know what I remember from last year? Sometimes I remember things from all the ridiculousness. Ridiculousness. That's easy for me to say. Ridiculousness last year. Remember when people couldn't bury their loved ones? They couldn't have funerals for their loved ones? I'll never forget it. I'll never forget all the messages people would send me. Jesse, I can't bury my mom. We're heartbroken. We can't have a funeral for my dad. Jesse, I can't do that. And you, you remember that Congressman John Lewis dies? And this is in the middle of what I mean, no one was allowed to have a funeral. Nobody. It was just banned across the country. They weren't letting people have funerals. We couldn't do that for COVID. John Lewis died and like 500 people packed shoulder to shoulder into a place. And I, I'll tell you, I mean, there were there was a lot about the COVID stuff in this country that made my blood boil. I'm telling you, nothing came close to that. I will never forget it as long as I live. The level of dishonesty out there. You know Twitter right now? Twitter's social media, in case you're not on there. You know Twitter will ban people if they say vaccinated people can spread coronavirus? Everybody knows vaccinated people can spread coronavirus. The CDC, they're a bunch of idiots, and they say vaccinated people can spread coronavirus. It's just the level of sickness out there now in dishonesty, it has poisoned the well for so many people in this country, and it should. I couldn't. Can you imagine being the type of person right now who trusts the things the system says? I mean, man, how naive do you have to be? All right, you know what? Eric in California, go, bud. Yeah, hey, Jesse, what's happening? Oh, there was a huge echo there. Matthew in Ohio, go, bud. Do you have a question for you? All right, it's clearly not y'all's. It's the the phone system. It's not you. Sorry, I just hung up on two people. (laughs) Hang on, guys. Call back in. It wasn't you. It's me. The phone system's messed up. Whatever. All right, moving on here. Chris, uh, if you wouldn't mind, would you please? I just look. I think the nation right now. I think the nation is in need of leadership. So, look, with lonely hearts, we turn our eyes to the president of the United States. I'm worried about families and elderly grandparents and what their lives are at stake. Everyone, everyone, everyone is a little harder. So, you know, so mom can, grandmom can walk out without having, out of her porch without worrying about falling, can take care of herself, can be left alone. They're going to keep working to pay the bills. Jeez, Joe Biden. Oh, gosh. Hey, Jesse. Holy crap, you couldn't be more right. I mean, I don't even know what you're talking about yet, but obviously you're correct. I'm a healthcare professional and I work for the Department of Veterans Affairs, giving American heroes a second chance to die for their country. A huge part of our annual training this year was an LGBTQ inclusion and diversity sensitivity. Not COVID, 
not cutting-edge tip-of-the-spear emergency medicine, not veteran-centric training. Love the show, Semper Fi. It's endless now. This diversity crap is endless now. Jesse, please tell me the nightmare scenario is just that. The Biden-Harris feud has become apparent. If, If the Biden administration forces Kamala out, Biden will have to appoint a new VP. Enter Hildebeest. <laughs> That's so mean. With Hillary and VP as VP, Biden could step aside. All right, Hillary. Let's just have this conversation here. I was going to address this in about twenty minutes from now. Let's let's get this talk done now. Hillary's been in the news a lot lately. Remember the, the things you see. In general, they're lies, but there's still a reason for it, right? So whatever Hillary Clinton is on the news, running her mouth about. It doesn't matter what she's actually saying. She's on the news. Hillary Clinton's on the news on purpose. Here's here's the situation for the Democratic Party. You know this already. Joe Biden and Dome, they hate each other. And I mean they freaking hate each other. This really began back in the Democrat primary debates when Kamala Harris was desperate. She was flailing and desperate. And she chose to slip a knife into the side of Joe Biden and accuse him of being a racist. Remember all that busing talk? Well, from that point, Jill Biden hated Kamala's guts. But they knew they had to pick a woman and a black woman because Joe Biden had committed to that publicly. So they picked Kamala Harris as VP. Now, they knew Kamala Harris was horrible. They knew about her poll numbers in the primary. But there's knowing someone's horrible, and then there's really, really finding out someone's horrible No one likes Kamala Harris, nobody. So they are looking for a different plan B, but here's the problem for Democrats. Here's the problem they're going to face with Kamala and Joe and Hillary and all this stuff. Yes, Hillary is rearing her ugly head for a reason. Remember, she just popped up and started crying about the victory speech that could have been. And sitting down next to her, taking her in my arms and saying, look at me, listen to me. You will survive. You will have a good family of your own and three children. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States. (laughs) That's never all right. Stop. Stop. Don't get me distracted. Hillary just shows up on the news reading a victory speech. Where's that come from? Remember how out of the blue that was? We were laughing about it when she did it, but it was out of nowhere. Why? She wants in. It's clear Hillary Clinton wants in. I just saw another article today. Hillary Clinton won't rule out, won't rule, rule out a potential 2024 run. Hillary Clinton wants back in the game. They want Kamala Harris out, but I think people are forgetting about something, and this is something that's very, very important. Kamala Harris is a lot of things. Detestable, yeah, there's no question about it. Lacking a personality, yep. All Look, anything bad you say about Kamala Harris is true. But let's also remember there is one quality about Kamala Harris everyone knows and everybody can see. Kamala Harris is wildly ambitious. It's part of the reason she has done some rough things in pursuance of a political career. 
It's part of the reason she was willing to call Joe Biden a vile racist right on stage in front of everyone at the debate. And really, remember, when she did that, it's not like she and Joe were neck and neck in the polls. She had virtually no chance. There was no, there was, there was no political advantage in knifing Joe Biden. It was just, I want to get there. He's there. Let me, just, let me just try to do him wrong. Exactly how was the Biden administration planning on getting Kamala Harris out? Unless he genuinely stands for re-election, he can't get her out. Now, if he stands for re-election, he can pick a different VP, and that's happened several times throughout history. Do we really think Joe Biden's going to make it standing up until 2024? And no, I'm not wishing any harm on the man. I'm not saying he's going to die, but have you seen Joe Biden walk lately? I mean, we always make fun of how he talks. I mean, when you hear when you hear Joe Biden say this, it's easy to laugh and it is funny, but there's something else we should talk about. Conversations around those kitchen tables that are both profound as they are ordinary. How do I cross a bridge in a snowstorm? What happened? No, I'm, I didn't think about it. You know, you're in a situation. What happens if the bridge collapses and there's a fire on the other side? It's going to take 10 miles longer to get to the fire. People can die. I mean, this is real. This is real stuff. Okay, set that aside. Have you seen Joe Biden walk? I mean, I realize it's radio. I can't exactly do it for you, but I'm assuming you've seen Joe Biden walk. Those stiff arms out to the side. Um, have you ever talked to a doctor who who deals with mental health patients, who deals with dementia? The shuffle? It's not good. And that's not me. I'm, I'm, I'm not laughing about that. And I'm certainly not celebrating that. How is that that person supposed to stand for re-election? How's he supposed to run for re-election? I realize they hit him a bit last time, and they've been hiding him since he became president. Brother, I don't care what your plans are. At some point, you got to show up in Ohio and give a campaign speech. Joe Biden's worse off now than he was when he was running before. What's he going to be like in three more years? Three more years of being president. Yikes. All right. I'll get back to some more emails. We got to get to uh, Joe Biden. The media, they don't, they don't like something that's happening to him. I'll tell you about that in a second. But let's talk about my pillow here real quick. You know you spend a third of your life in bed. I have always had a rule, a, a hard, fast rule. There are three things in life you don't go cheap on ever. You don't go cheap on tires because your life depends on it. You don't go cheap on anything that goes on your feet. You're on your feet all day. And you never go cheap on your bedding ever. You spend a third of your life in bed. Well, maybe I may have overstepped there because right now you can get the original my pillow for $19.98. Now, remember, it's a $69.98 pillow. That's was that was the original price on it. But it is Christmas time, and if you go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and use the promo code JESSE, $19.98. Or you can just give them a call. Maybe you're on the road. 800-845-0544. 800-845-0544. Use the promo code JESSE. Original MyPillow, $19.98. He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly. Cause I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. 
It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, man, people are going to be so mad that I just brought up that thing about Hillary, but it's true. You know she's flirting with it. Oh, gosh. Remember, you can email the show anything you want, your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. You can email all of it to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. If you missed any part of the show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. If you would like the great honor of looking at me while I talk, don't roll your eyes, Chris. My TV show is on the first every single night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. I'm actually going to go off about that Bubba Wallace thing again. I just, I can't. How brazen are they? I mean, how brazen is that? I'm not going to go off on it again because I already got mad about it last night. But Bubba Wallace, it was a garage pull string. A garage pull string. Everyone knows it. The FBI, this might be the funniest part. The FBI sent a team to investigate it. You couldn't have someone just snap a cell phone picture of it and send you a picture of the garage pull string. But either way, the FBI, our crack FBI, they sent a team down there. And even they had to admit, oh, that's just a, that's just a garage pull string. And still, two years later, ESPN decides they're going to run a documentary on it and act like the whole thing was real. I just wanted to stand with him during the national anthem to show my support for him and was appalled by uh, what I had learned. And then as drivers got involved, I think crew members, team managers, team owners, it really started to snowball within a very short period of time. The most incredible, non-competitive moment in sports I'd ever seen. That moment, I could feel the weight of that moment. And, and I think we all did as we were walking. I get out of the car. Real quick, Chris, I actually want you to finish this. Pause it. I can't get over the music. That music they're playing. <laughs> the music they're playing in the background as if it's this heavy moment. We are here in the middle of this race crime and we're standing united in opposition to a garage pull string. Look back. And I was like, holy shit, it's a whole garage. The whole garage. And that's when I lost it. In the midst of all the turmoil that was going on in the world with the black and white, the hatred and everything that was going on. Pause real quick. Chris just brought up to me that we're only halfway through. I find this to be hysterically funny, and we're playing the entire thing, Chris. I actually think his mom getting in on the act actually makes it even better. In the middle of everything going on in the world, my son, well... I mean, yeah, he made up some stuff, but it was still heavy. The entire NASCAR family rallied behind my son. I knew at that moment they loved him for the person that he is. Pause, not- pause again real quick here. I'm not going to rip on his mom, but let's just let's stop for a moment and, and dwell on that thing for a second. They loved him for the person he is. Lady, I don't want to burst your bubble. No one, no one actually gave a crap about your son. There's this infection in America, certainly in corporate America, where definitely white people, they have this thing, this white guilt, white savior thing. Whenever anything real or imagined racist happens in this country, white people feel this need to run right out in front and say, this is an outrage. They, I don't know what it is. 
I don't know what's wrong. I don't know why people don't just calm down and wait for the facts to come out now. I think it's this. I think the reason I don't do that, I think it's because people, they're desperate for other people to call them nice. People want to be known as nice. People really, and I have no desire to be known as nice. I find most nice people to be to, to be completely useless. I, I want virtually nobody in my life to be nice. Nobody. I don't want my son's coach to be nice. I don't want my doctor to be nice. If I'm too fat, I want him to say, you're disgusting. Go to the gym. I don't want my accountant to be nice. I want him to say, uh, are you planning on paying your quarterly taxes, idiot? I don't want nice. We have way too much nice. If, God forbid, something happens to someone I love and they need surgery, I don't care if I get the meanest doctor in the world. Give me the best. I don't want a nice president. Maybe you do. A lot of the country does. Uh, That's a big reason why Joe Biden was there. Well, uh, we, we didn't like how Donald Trump was. He was too mean. The last thing in the world I want is a nice president. I want a jerk. I hope my congressman's a jerk, too. I want him to tell stupid people that they're stupid. I want him to tell weak people to buck up, buttercup. I want when people say, help me, government. I'm scared of coronavirus. I want him to say, go outside and do some push-ups and get some sunshine. Why are you talking to the government for a virus? Go home. Get out of my face. Maybe that makes me a minority. But I think that's why people do that. I I really do. I think everyone, I remember when St. George Floyd died. Everybody and their brother wanted to be Mr. Black people. Can we just get to some facts here? If a crime happened in Minneapolis, I'm sure Minneapolis will work it out. We don't we don't actually need federal police reform, Tim Scott and Mitch McConnell. All right, continue, Chris. Not because of skin color or anything like that. What did it mean when all those people who were so silent on that chat two weeks earlier? Oh, I still don't forget, but this this moment was still important. Um, you, you can let down your guard a little bit, but I don't forget the ones that were silent. That might be the best part. I'll never forget the people who didn't stand with me when I made something up. <laughs> Jeez. Mighty Shogun Oracle, you have ruined me for other shows. Oh, no. When I'm listening and they take calls and they start with, hey, I love your show. Long time listener, first time caller. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm screaming at the radio. Just ask your freaking question and move on. Your call standards should be what all programs adapt. I don't want to hear your six-minute life story. (laughs) Keep taking it to the communists. I'd love to hear my name on the air. His name is Eric. We're going to keep taking it to the communists. And we're going to keep eliminating small talk from this society because we don't have time for that nonsense. All right, back to this media story. They're mad about someone saying something to Joe Biden. We'll talk about it in a second. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Did I ever tell you about the time I was in Saddam Hussein's palace? I was. I was. A t- all right. So let me explain. Let me explain. Chris brought this up because he was. Chris is a weirdo, and he was looking up golden AK forty sevens. Look, it's a heady. It's a heady show. All right. It's it's a show. I don't, we don't want to talk over your head here. All right. So naturally, we were discussing golden AK forty sevens during the break. 
in Iraq, we were I was there for the invasion. And so we crossed the border. George Bush declares war. We crossed the border. We fight our way up through the country, and we're on our way to Baghdad. Baghdad's the final goal. Now, let me pause here. When I, when I tell stories about this stuff, I want you to understand something. You, if you were tracking all this back home, you knew way more about it. You still know way more about our macro movements than we really did. Well, here's what I mean by that. People will ask, uh, when were you here? What day were you there? You don't care and you don't track it when you're over there. You don't. I, I could To this day, you could lay out a map of Iraq for me. I'm sure I could look up where 1st Battalion, 7th Marines, Alpha Company went during the war, during the invasion. I'm sure there's probably a diagram online, but I don't know. If you were to show it to me, I don't know. We didn't know and we didn't care. We were All I know is we were a ways into the war. And we show up at, I think it was the Euphrates River. Forgive me if I get that wrong. There's the Tigris and there's the Euphrates over there. They're two of the most famous rivers in the world. I think it was the Euphrates River. Well, this area had already been secured, so naturally that's when the army moved in. And the, in all seriousness, the army had already secured one of Saddam Hussein's palaces. He had all these palaces all over the place. So naturally, when we heard the army was already in the palace, we had two thoughts. One... I wonder if there's any good army stuff we can go in there and steal. Two, I wonder if they left any of Saddam's swag behind we can go in there and steal. So we waited until nobody was looking, and we went charging into the palace. One, when you're sneaking in someplace, remember this, kids, this is important. Whenever you're sneaking in someplace, you're not necessarily supposed to be. We weren't really allowed in there. It's not like we were banned, but we certainly were not allowed in there. The key to virtually everything in life is confidence, all right? Don't sneak around in the shadows. Puff your chest out, put your shoulders back, and stomp up and down the halls like you own the place. We gathered up. There was, uh, I think it was four or five of us. We gathered up. It was my boys. We gathered up. And we just went strolling down in the middle of the hall. We're, we're pointing to people. Hey, how you doing, bud? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm totally supposed to be here. And at the same time, we're popping in all the different rooms, checking to see if there's anything left. I should note, by the way, those dirty rats had already pillaged the place and there was nothing left. But we did end up stealing some good army chow, but we'll get into that in just a second. However, one of the cooler moments was... I mean, I guess it's probably not cool because we're talking about a horrendous dictator who used to take power drills to people's knees. But still, it's a palace. I mean, how many palaces have you been in? I know I've been in exactly one, and that was Saddam's. We got up to the top floor where his master, I don't even want to call it a master bedroom. It was it was like a master floor. The whole thing was him. And you walked out over this balcony. And again, I'm going to mess up the river. I think it was the Euphrates, but I just, I don't remember. Someone will know. Someone will know and they'll email it in. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. He had several palaces, but someone will know. We walked over and you looked down at the river. And I honestly don't know whether they had ripped them all up and planted them that way or they just grew in that way. But looking down over the river, you felt like an Egyptian pharaoh because you looked down and there was the river and then these palm trees on the other side, and they were all, I'll never forget this as long as I live, they were all virtually the same height, and they were in, in rows. 
It looked like, look, if Saddam didn't do it, then God himself did it. And it wasn't like a forest where they were planted here and planted there. They were in rows. It was one of the coolest things in the world. Next to stealing the good chow from the army guys, it's one of the best things that happened to me during the war. I will say that much. I will say that much. Oh, that in the time? Uh, we went illegally swimming in the Euphrates. Now, that one was the Euphrates. Allow me to explain. I have no idea why I'm talking about this, by the way. When we were there, because it was at the beginning of the war, there weren't any facilities. There were no bases. There were. There, I mean, by the time we left Iraq, the, there's Taco Bells and stuff like that over there. There was, there was nothing. There were no bases. There were nothing while we were there. And during the war, during the, 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 the war, there were no showers. There was nothing. And it was hot. And it was really, really, really hot. I mean, 120 degrees plus hot. We stunk. And we were really gross. And all you have is, you know, baby wipes. You're trying to just wipe down your armpits real quick. Make sure you don't get sick. Try to clean your the, the gunk off your face. Just trying to, you feel dirty. You just feel gross. And one day... We were in a five-ton. That's a truck. We were in a truck. We were, we, were, we were heading out someplace for patrol, and we knew we had a little ways to go. And remember, there were advantages and disadvantages to being there before there were facilities. Yeah, it sucked we didn't have a Taco Bell and air conditioning and showers like the Air Force did. But some of the advantages were there was also no supervision. The country was wild. It was open. We could do whatever we wanted. And we were so sick of being miserable and sweaty and dirty. And we take off on this patrol and we look and there's a few Iraqis down in this sweet little swimming hole that's part of the river. And we look at each other and we're like, oh yeah, pull over. It's time. And we did. We pulled over. And I do feel bad about this part though. We pulled in. We rolled up. Imagine what this scene looks like if you're one of these Iraqi guys in there. These guys are swimming in the river. Remember, they've just had their government toppled. Uh, Their country is currently occupied by United States Marines who've been killing and blowing everything up. You go down for a swim in the river and you look up from the water and there's a five ton with 30 United States Marines. I mean, flak jackets, weapons, the works piling out of the back of the five ton your eyes have never been as big as their eyes were. They just froze. I think there were four of them, if I remember right. They were looking up at us, and they seriously thought this was this was their last moment. They did, you could tell. It really was quite, quite sad in hindsight. You could tell they were used to living under brutal tyranny, right? But we, we didn't have any problem with these guys. We still had orders to kill anyone with a weapon, but they didn't have weapons. They were just down there swimming. I mean, they were... Uh, teenagers, 20s, they're just down there. It's kids, swim, kids down there swimming. So they were freaked out. We get out. We obviously post some watch. We're not going to be irresponsible about this. We make sure people are watching. You've never seen grown men undress that fast in your life. Kamala Harris has never seen grown men undress that fast. We were dropping weapons stage and everything and piling into that water and if we ended up actually hanging out with those guys for a while, we were having fun. We were playing in the water. It, like, like little children again, it felt so good for just a moment to get clean, to get out of 120 degrees and to clean just weeks of muck off of your body. That was a cool moment. That was a cool moment. What, Chris? All right. Hi, Jesse. 
I was listening to the show while you were talking about how New York could become ashes tomorrow and how this country can't even imagine to know the pain that this would cause. This made me think of George Washington's purported final vision of America, where he saw the country being overtaken, oh, good grief, and every citizen fighting in the streets with only an angel from heaven bringing salvation. The country's been cursed with prosperity and is about to be blessed with adversity in order to turn the communist mentality around. Thanks for what you do. Said I can read his name on the air. His name is Luke. I actually, I know a little bit about George Washington. I did not know about this final vision he had with fighting in the streets and angels and stuff like that. And like, it's not really an outlandish prediction, especially when you don't throw a date on it. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Don't all countries end that way? Is there a nicer way to end? That's the thing about I mean, countries are like relationships. Is there a great way they end? It doesn't usually happen that way. That's how it usually goes. All right. I get to a couple more emails, and then we'll get to headlines I didn't get to. And surprise, surprise, there's a lot of them. But first, I don't know about you. I would prefer to end, well, on my own terms. I'd prefer that we end up standing shoulder to shoulder and fighting for this country and taking it back so that horrific scene as the country ends is long, long, long after I'm dead and gone and so are my kids, but we're not going to be able to do it without strong men. I know everything's supposed to be namby-pamby these days, and oh, I want my man to be sensitive. We need men to be strong, and right now testosterone levels are at an all-time low. I take two things every day. They're natural, natural supplements from Chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com. I take Chalk daily, and I take their Tongcat 100. Their Tongcat 100, by the way, boosts free testosterone by 87% in just 21 days. You can feel the difference in your energy. And again, it's natural. It's not chemical crap in your body. Go to Chalk.com and use the code JESSE right now, and there's 50% off. C-H-O-Q.com. Promo code JESSE. Fellas, stay strong. This country needs it. You're listening to the Oracle. You're going to love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Before I get to headlines I didn't get to, let's address a couple things. Chris, like I said, the show gets a little bit heady. It'd probably be way over your head. During during the breaks, the show gets pretty heady, right? So we were talking about Oreos during the break, and Chris asked what I thought was more important, the cookie or the cream. And then I've had to sit here for five minutes and listen to these two idiots debate which one is more important, the cookie or the cream, and they're talking about double stuff and everything else. And let me explain something to both of you morons. The reason double stuff Oreos don't sell as well as regular is the same reason all the new brands of Reese's peanut butter cups don't sell. Oh, look at this one's all peanut butter. Look at this one's all chocolate. And the reason your question, Chris, was so stupid is this. It's the mixture of both, buddy. It's not one of the other. The reason the original Oreo works and double stuffed aren't, that, aren't as good because it messes up the ratios. It's all about the ratios. The reason the original Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is outstanding and all these newfangled versions kind of suck is the original had the perfect peanut butter to chocolate ratio. 
I was complaining about the other day when we were having another heavy conversation on this show about the cheesesteak egg rolls. You remember. Part of a good cheesesteak is the cheese. It's, it's not a side issue. It's a critical part of the cheesesteak. And dudes will be tempted to, I want all meat. I don't want all meat. I want meat. I want a good meat to cheese to onion ratio. And I want fresh bread. Look, it's look, it's science, okay? I can't I can't educate you two and educate everybody while 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 leading the nation, really, as the show guy. <clears throat> Jesse, I'm a nightly listener to your show on WRKO AM six eighty. WRKO is one of my it's one of my favorite stations. I love Boston. Uh actually that's probably not fair. I love Boston people. Boston just elected a communist mayor, so I'm not coming there. But Boston people and I, we've always seen eye to eye. I, I think we all know why. Bought myself a couple early Christmas gifts via Clay Martin's Concrete Jungle and Prairie Fire. So glad I did. Oh, yeah. Clay Martin writes some really good books about surviving in modern-day America. Supreme Overlord of the Universe, Jesse. Kroger has re- What? Don't roll your eyes, Chris. Kroger has officially made me really mad. I have shopped at my local Kroger down the street for more than a decade since I've lived in my current apartment. Today it came out in the news that Kroger is pulling sick leave for unvaccinated employees and making them pay a fee for health care benefits. That's right. Kroger is no longer offering paid sick leave if you're unvaccinated. And I came on here last night and said the thing I've said a million times. We must be more purposeful with where we spend And don't spend our money. We must be more purposeful. We must put our morals where our our mouths are. We have to. We have to. We must be people of action. It's not enough to say I'm unhappy with Kroger. Don't shop there. Don't shop there. Let your morals follow the things you talk about all the time. Let your money follow the things you talk about all the time. Don't go there. I'll never be back. We shop there all the time. I have one 10 minutes from my house. I'll never be back. That's how we must operate now. This live and let live. Oh, who cares? Uh, I don't do boycotts. Aren't I a good Republican? Oh, gross. Start being an anti-communist and start taking the fight to them. Then we can talk. And now... Here's a headline. Go, you know the, you know the thing. Headlines we didn't get to. Speaking of which, the Salvation Army is mandating the vaccine and refusing to recognize religious exemptions. This is the exact same organization that just put out a memo telling white people how much they suck. Only, allow me to just say this, I'm very proud of you because there's another headline out today, Salvation Army is talking about how donations are way, way down. Don't you give a red cent to those scumbags. Now, that doesn't mean yell at the Salvation Army greeter ringing the bell outside of the store. That old timer's probably just killing time or thinking he's doing some good. That doesn't mean he's a dirt ball. Don't you give them a dime. You want to give somewhere for Christmas? You want a good charity? Give to Tunnel to Towers. Go look up Tunnel to Towers' rating in charities. It's pretty much perfect. Why? Well, they don't lecture white people. And they give your money, virtually all of it, where you want it to go. Gold star families. That's what I'm talking about. New UK cases. uh, There's a new COVID UK record. As Witty warns, the worst is to come. That's Professor Chris Witty, in case you're wondering who Witty is. 
Why is the worst always to come with these people? Why can't it ever just be, uh, yeah, coronavirus is here. The cases are going to go up. They're certainly going to go up every winter time when everyone gathers inside, get sunshine, get exercise, explore treatment options outside of the official one, huh? JFK assassination. National Archives releases nearly 1,500 confidential documents. You know what's wild? is people would not have even cared that much about what's on these confidential documents if they hadn't kept them secret for so long. Now, I think I'd like to know. I think I'd like to know which mob members specifically were responsible for JFK dying. Biden scoffs at COVID vaccine freedom fears. Quote, what's the big deal? You see, that's really the problem. I mean, the the reason I haven't taken the vaccine... It's not because I don't feel like I need it or anything like that. I haven't taken the vaccine because these people haven't talked down to me enough. I haven't been scolded enough by people. If you just lecture me one or two more times, I'm sure that's going to get me to bend the knee and go do whatever you tell me to do. That really works with people. Rights groups says North Koreans executed for watching K-pop. K-pop is like Korean pop music, is it not? Well, I mean. Can't blame them for that. Alarmingly incoherent. New York Times columnist begs Biden not to run for re-election. What's wild is there's not a good solution right now for Democrats. Put a smile on your face. They really are desperate. Now, we got tough times coming, and you know they're desperate, but that's pretty cool. For once, they are seriously on their heels, and they don't have a solution. Granted, in the meantime, we're all paying $5 a gallon for gas, but hey, it's the little wins when you can get them. Keep your chin up. We'll do it again tomorrow. That's all.